Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your humble GM, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Samson Davis. Hi, everyone, and happy 100th campaign session, according to my notes. It What? Oh. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay, right. cool. And it felt relatively close to our podcast anniversary. Very cool. It was the cottony anniversary, but none of us bought t-shirts. Alex isn't bitter at all. <laughs> Alex Finn. I'm going to be either the Countess Bathory or Elizabeth by getting myself a milky bath. And Stace Babcock. So if this is our 100th session recording and our, what, wait, cotton anniversary? What does that make us? Are we two or mm-hmm. are we three? We're two. Three? We're two. Oh, two. two. So is One. that like cats, like podcast age, like, you know, like cats and dogs? What do you multiply it by? Like how many human years is that? Is that like, <laughs> are we like an adolescent podcast? Are we still toddlers just sort of grasping, putting things in our mouth, you know? I mean, last episode, we put blood in our mouth, so. I mean, I think legally in podcast <laughs> terms, we're adolescent, but I still think we have more in common with the toddler face. <laughs> we're like tweens. Yeah, we're we're late bloomers for sure. I feel like podcasts are new up until like they hit 10 years and they're like really old. Like it's like a hard line almost. Mm. Yeah. We just become grandmothers overnight. Yeah. <laughs> One day, we're just a long-running podcast out of nowhere. Yeah. We're putting things in our mouth that we know we should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Can I talk about some dice real quick? Yeah. <laughs> Don't put those in your mouth. Hey, listeners. Do you have friends? You should get them some dice. And you should get them specifically some Die Hard dice. Die Hard dice has some beautiful sets, beautiful metal sets, beautiful acrylic sets. So the metal sets are by far superior because there's just like a weight like that kind of chunk as you mm. hit a nat 20 in a clutch moment, although usually just on a throwaway perception check because that's how the gods are. But hey, do it in style with these beautiful diehard dice and use our code EXPLORESWANTED at checkout and you get 10% off your order. We get a little kickback from that. So you are getting beautiful dice and supporting us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks to Diehard Dice for supporting the show. This is future Daniel popping in to say, we've just found out that during the month of May, our discount code is now worth 15% off. So make use of that. If you've been on the fence, go ahead and make an order because you get 15% off your order. And for the month of May, they've also got a ton of sales going on as they clean out their warehouse. Okay, back to the show and past us. Who remembers what happened last time? I am going to pick on Stace. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, last time in Explorers Wanted, we returned to the crew after they had just found Prentice's body hanging from a tree, killed Arya-style, with an Arya-style note in her mouth. We're reinforcing that it was Arya for Alex's purposes. (laughs) (laughs) The one person confused. (laughs) And, uh... It's role-playing. That's all it is. Um... There was a momentary debate amongst the crew as to the moral choice versus the I don't want to deal with yet another thing choice. <laughs> and in a moment of growth for the for the party, uh, was it? <laughs> they chose to report it, though they were members or affiliated with some sort of larger organization. And the end result being like, Ahani, who doesn't like us anyway, being like, see, this is the bullshit that they bring. But then everyone else being like, <laughs> well, let's solve this problem together. So ultimately, 
Merrick set some watch schedules and Nix and Dilly were scheduled for the night watch. And so they decided to take a nap while they were napping. While they were napping. Immediately after they laid down, Cha-Cha decided to <laughs> experiment with her arm and discovered that she was being pulled, presumably by Buddy Cap, and woke Nix up, who, like, after a short and unhelpful conversation, found herself face-planting into the dirt floor because Buddy Cap was tugging her so hard, wait, down <laughs> via the bracelet that uh, Cha-Cha was shoulder-deep in the floor at that point. <laughs> And so uh, Nix tried to pull Chacha back out and was successful and so successful or probably hurt Chacha so much, honestly, like, or Chacha can't really feel that arm. So never mind. Um, Managed to jostle the uh, bracelet loose, coating it in blood, which then dripped on the floor, resulting in Chacha locating an imp, which was hiding under the bed. And also at the same time, noticing... Something else about the bracelet that seemed important. Oh, that it was drinking the blood, much like Buddy Cop drinks blood out of his victims, um, which I what? believe that's the clue there, Chacha, that Daniel said, see, there's a clue. And I was like, what could it be? And then I thought about it and I was like, that must be it. Buddy Cop drinks blood? Yeah. What? When was he a sexy vampire? The desiccated corpses left in his wake. Uh, uh. Just sort of a... Dan gave us what we wanted all along. Yeah. A sexy vampire kaiju? Yeah. The worst kind of sexy vampire, but we work with what we get. (laughs) (laughs) We're the best kind. It all depends on uh, what is sexy to you, I suppose. And so, yeah, so the bracelet drinks blood. Buddy Cop drinks blood. That was a fun clue. And then the imp came out from under the bed after Chacha addressed the imp and barfed Nix's... Old artifact watch, the telescopic one, onto the floor along with the serpent necklace. Uh, Nick's put them both back on after a questionable cleaning job. Oh, also at some point during this, Cha-Cha also like, addressed the horrors that were mourning Princess's death and uh, was like, go forth and find Arya. So that was a thing. So they've hopefully set off to find Arya. And the episode ended with the practors rolling back up to the crew and being like, Dilly Nix, it's your turn for talking to. And on the way over to the proctor's cabin, perhaps, maybe, Mama J was looking out the window and waving at the crew as they vanished into that cabin. That's where we ended the episode. So, yeah, you guys are being admitted into the proctor's cabin. At least Nix and Dilly are. Chacha's still back at the cabin that you guys were staying in. Mm-hmm. Eltheus uh, joins the other proctors, and they say, we're calling this meeting to order. This meeting, unlike the previous meeting, is not restricted to Fortress Nidal or the events there. We've read through the paperwork that you submitted. Everything mostly seems in place there. I suppose we have a couple different pressing issues. One, it is our understanding that you were not with Cha-Cha at Fortress Nidal. Yes. All right. And it's our understanding then at that time, Nix, that you were inside the Proving Grounds. Obviously, your business there is your business. But what we do need to know is what do the travelers know about the Guardians? While you were there, did they uncover anything about our existence? 
I mean, yeah, they did. Uh, they confiscated my journal, even and even though I like took Vlad's advice and try like removed any references to the organization, they were like still somehow able to get some clues. All right, what do you think they know? Well, I definitely like uh, think that they know about Mama J because I had a dream that uh, a bunch of lampreys in Charmond uh, went to uh, the recruiting station. You know, the alley door where it says, like, Explorers Wanted, like where Mama J normally is. The caller's home. Yeah. And uh, I, it sounds like they they uh, fucked her up. Honey is just sort of grimacing, like, not even angrily at you, like, just at the situation. Those lampreys are, like, travelers that have been mutated. So, actually, like, my business at the Proving Ground might sort of be relevant to, uh, might be your guys' business. Because, yeah, the lampreys are mutated travelers for, like, an experiment, which, like... Happy to get into that whenever. All right. And so they seem to exert some sort of control over the lampreys in Charmond because otherwise, how could they have, like, sent them? All right. That's interesting. Possibly it's related, but you think that they figured out where Mama J was. Is there anything else that they indicated they knew or that you might have told them, whether under duress or otherwise. No, I definitely, like, told them to fuck off in numerous ways, and they were not happy, but, you know, whatever clues they could get out of my journal, which was, you know, admittedly light on details and entries, they would know. And I didn't get the journal back, so. All right. Well, that's something, at least. One report indicated that there were bodies of Queen's guards found at the proofing grounds. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Do we have reason to worry that the Queen guards may have somehow identified guardians or if there's anything they might have known i don't know if you specifically encountered them we just found those bodies there yeah so like the they were definitely there they were looking for me because of uh my affiliation with cha-cha who like set a desk on fire or something oh and then also like broke my parents out of prison out of the queen's prison right right that bounty yeah in like a highly visible way yeah and so so, yeah, uh, it seemed to be like following up on that. And the uh, travelers were like not letting them in the proving ground to try and look for me, but they let them stay outside. Hmm. All right. That's interesting. It's very strange for Queen's guards to be outside the city of Charmond. Oh, yeah. Super weird. That's exactly what like we said. Didn't we, Dilly? Weren't we like this is super weird? Yeah. Yeah. Because Queen's guards don't usually leave the city. So it was weird that they got mm. sent out anywhere. Hmm. Korak says. Then uh, it's concerning, but not necessarily a huge issue yet. We don't have reason to believe that any information was jeopardized in the attack on the caller. But that brings us to our next topic. Nix, while you were at the Proving Grounds, I think we have at least a vague understanding of some of the events there. But there is also the matter of Vlad, and they sort of turn their attention to Dilly. What can you tell us? We've heard from several people. We've received a very brief report, me and Messenger, from Stannis, who was apparently there. But Dilly, what can you tell us about the events of Vlad's death? I guess I'll start a little bit later. Uh, or we traveled with Vlad through the mountains, and then we split up when uh, we met with Prentice there. Dilly kind of gets a little quiet with that one. From there, I think we kind of traveled on her own until we got to the pruning grounds and then we split up i went with stannis to uh tally's fall and then along the way uh met up with vlad we stayed at tally's fall for like barely even an hour or something we weren't there too long 
And then we turned around and we were traveling on those bird things. While we were traveling, that's when I saw what Cha-Cha referred to as Buddy Cop. Ah. Right. Have I told everybody about Aster? Have I disclosed that? Why don't you explain it now? We've heard that term, but I don't know if we, the three of us, and this is uh, Forex saying this, I don't know if the three of us have a clear understanding of what it is. So before I got involved with you guys, before I got involved with the Guardians, I unknowingly accepted a job from the Nixos. I was not told what their organization was. Her name was Isidra. I think she was like the science officer for the Nixos at the time. She came to me as like a seemingly independent party. She wanted some help with integration of a relentless reaper metal mind into a newer construct. I agreed to help. This is a very exciting opportunity as a right to work with one of those. And somehow I ended up being connected to Aster in some way. Because later when we like, well, when Nyx basically beat the shit out of him, that relentless reaper persona entered into my mind. And he is listening to everything we say right now. But I don't think he can do anything outside my mind. Ahani says, he sure as hell did something to Vlad, didn't he? If what I'm hearing is to be believed. Yes, and I'm, I am, I am getting there. So yeah, the Relentless Reaper's name is Aster, and I was having trouble staying on the mounts that we were taking to go to... I think we were trying to return back to the Proving Grounds. And so I had, you know, tried to work with Aster since he had entered into my mind, and I thought we were improving the relationship. So I let him take over a little bit. He's better at balancing and all that. And then something happened. Something panicked him? I'm not sure, but at one point while we're traveling, um, Vlad got closer to us and Aster uh, reacted by killing him. There's a long silence from the Proctors and Korik says, I see. And then there's another long pause and finally Ahani chimes in and says, okay, if nobody else is going to say it, I'm going to say it. You gave control of your body to a relentless reaper. Yes. As I said, I thought we were connecting. I thought we were getting closer to being on the same page. Up until now, I always thought relentless reapers were mindless automatons. Just they had an algorithm and not really a whole persona. So connecting, I th- I thought we were on. I thought we were getting on the same page. As I said, Eltheus says that is our understanding of how Reapers operate as well. I I can confirm Aster is somewhat more complex than the common lore surrounding Relentless Reapers. Hmm. You said Aster is listening right now. Is he under control? Or do we have physical risk right now? Um, there is a non-zero chance that he can take control and do something. Restrained might be a better word, but he is not a hundred. it's not 100% controlled. As I said, he's more complex, more sophisticated, so he's he's not an idiot. Though he is a bit of a fool. That makes two of us then. <laughs> Dilly rolls his eyes and then realizes who he's in front of. He's like, sorry, sorry. He, yeah, sorry. Eltheus kind of raises one of her, like, forehead ridges in interest. Is Astra talking to you right now? <laughs> yes. Get a little quip. Mm, a quip. A relentless reaper quipped. Yeah. Interesting. Eltheus looks at the rest of the proctors and says, do we really believe that, based off of everything else we know from Dilly, that there is a chance that he would do something like this? 
to Vlad, and Ahani responds, that's not the point. The point is the inherent danger. Corex says, that's valid. Dilly, do you have any idea of how to remove Aster from your person? At the moment, my best guess would be that um, removing him from my person would involve me dying. But I have no hard evidence to support that, just speculation. Nix, you've been traveling with Dilly for quite some time, for as long as you've been a guardian. And before, do you have any commentary you can share on the Aster situation? Oh yeah, Aster is like has definitely seems to have like some control issues, definitely has violent tendencies, uh, I assume from like being a, a relentless reaper, doesn't necessarily value life the way that we do. Um, but what other commentary or, or do are you asking me if like Dilly did it cuz like no way, no way. Dilly and Vlad got along really well, had like a real mentor-mentee relationship, you know, unlike uh, my relationship with Vlad, which was uh, adversarial, is the way I would describe it. And so uh, Dilly is also kind of like a peace-loving sort, generally doesn't advocate for murder. And uh, yeah, so no, no, I believe Dilly when he says it was Aster. Seems like something Aster would do. No offense, Aster. Dilly, you get the like the mental impression of somebody just like crossing their arms in front of them. <laughs> All right. Would you agree that Aster's presence inside of Dilly represents a danger to himself and others around him and potentially to the organization? Dilly Aster gets very quiet. Oh, are you asking me to reach that conclusion, like, for you? No, I'm just asking your opinion. You're a guardian, just like anybody else. Oh, well, I have conversed with Aster while, like, Dilly was out recently, and I'm going to say that Dilly's probably the best person to answer this question because the rest of us don't really get to speak to him on these topics. All right, Dilly. Um, first, I just want to say out loud, I, Adela Brim, did not kill Vlad, but I am responsible for Aster's actions. Like, I just want to put that out there. Second, Aster... Being here inside me, yeah, that's a danger. But doesn't seem like it's any more dangerous than anything else you guys have. Like, you, Ahani, you dismiss one of the horrors that Chacho was talking to. We've never been able to see that. Also, Prentice was, a, was able to uh, also see and converse with them. Mm -hmm. Seems like Guardians are already full of dangerous things. And in fact, being able to use them seems to be the Guardians' whole kind of thing. Keeping them safe, for sure, but like doing what needs to be done with them or what can be done with them and also the auditor like auditor sounds like a fucking boogeyman from all i've heard Corex says so your argument is that astor is a resource as opposed to a threat he could be yeah as i've said he's already far more than uh, the common lore says about relentless reapers clearly a sign that there's more to learn about them mm. okay dilly you're gonna be making a social role here yes you can get an asset from Nyx because of everything Nyx has said so far, and she's also redirected questions about the assessment here back to you. So this one is, because you've got that asset from Nyx, this one is going to be a 15. All four levels of effort, because Dilly's not good at socializing. So is that 12963? Mm-hmm. 15. Okay. Ahani does not look convinced, but the other two proctors seem to have relaxed a little bit in their assessment of you. And they lean back and they say, interesting. Well, something worth 
pursuing as a possibility. Certainly, something needs to be done to mitigate the risk to Guardian and other lives in the process. Forex looks over and can see Ahani kind of like, almost like vibrating, like ready to chime in. It's like, yes, Ahani. And she says, this brings us back to the matter of your contractor. You all are responsible for their actions. Do you have any commentary on what we've learned so far besides the fall of Fortress Nidal and the unleashing of this terrible entity across the Steadfast? Yeah, I got something for you. All right. <laughs> so, uh, just like bottom line, other than like Mama J, the, the rest of the uh, Guardians in general seem to have like judged Chasha in advance, even though she is a quote unquote key that you all need on your side. You know what I'm saying? Like she didn't join the Guardian straight up because she didn't want a conflict of interest with this favor that she owed Buddy Cop for that she accrued for like a somewhat unrelated reason. And prior to us knowing that uh, Buddy Cop was like legit the enemy. And so uh, when it came time to for Buddy Cop to call in that favor, despite the fact that, you know, it's had dire consequences for Chacha, she chose instead to use the uh, power available to her and uh, mutate Buddy Cop. And so I guess I don't know what else like that you would have wanted Chacha to do in that situation. Also, not to kind of follow up on what Nick said, it sounds like you guys knew about these people who could be a key as Prentice. Was Prentice able to be a key? She could at least see the horrors. So it's like, why, why didn't you guys, you guys knew, like, what Chacha could possibly be, right? I assume Mama J didn't, like, hide that from you guys. Our understanding is that's why the caller originally wanted to recruit her. Okay. And yeah, right. successfully did so to, like, an extent, right? Chacha was in the company of two fully-fledged guardians, Dilly and I, in addition to Vlad, among others. Ultimately, when she faced the test alone, she made the uh, choice that was in line with your values or whatever. So still confused, like super sorry that Buddy Cop tore the fuck up out of Fortress Nidal. And I'm really sorry that that many people died. That fucking sucks. But Chasha didn't ask Buddy Cop to go there. It seemed like Buddy Cop was going to go there anyway. Okay. So this will be a social roll of 18, Nyx. So 12 for Nyx. Uh, I'll spend two levels of intellect effort. Mm-hmm. So it's a six. I'm going to re-roll this one. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 18. Okay. <laughs> Dilly has a vision of Ahani going straight for Nix's throat, but then comes out of mm-hmm. that weird daydream like, well. <laughs> yeah. So Ahani kind of like twists her mouth like she's tasting something sour. And Gorik says, that's interesting. So we have identified three potential concerns. We have this creature, we have Aster, and we have a potentially but hopefully not heavy threat from the travelers. We also have an issue of a Nixos agent being around here. Hopefully they are alone. Either way, we'll probably have to scrub this location after we leave and not return to it again. And we have the auditor coming. It behooves us to have... And? I'm sorry, can I, like, just interject... Sure. Amaranth Stone's also been after me, just FYI. Interesting. Also may have fought Buddy Cop. Huh, and survived. But that seemed to end in a draw based on the uh, trackings that we found. It's odd. Amaranth would be very old now. 
Oh, but she still got it, let me tell you. We fought the Nixos, some Nixos with her, and wow, yeah. Mmm, all right. We have any reports on Amaranth's movements? Eltheus shakes their head. They haven't seen any, like, reports of her beyond what Nix and Dilly have shared in weeks. No idea. She hasn't been seen in any of the major cities. So she might be out there as well. All right. Um, given that we have an auditor coming and time is limited, we will still do our deliberation, but I would be interested in what you two as guardians would suggest as courses of actions with any of all of these threats going forward. Honestly, I think that, you know, in terms of, Dilly, feel free to disagree, but like in terms of the threat that we're all concerned with as an organization, as in the door, probably the best next course of action would be to try to solve how to break this like bracelet off of Chacha's arm, the one that like binds her to body cap. Mm. All right. That'd be good to know, like if there was any information we could access there, if, um, I don't know, any information on just the horrors and uh, the people that can be keys, that'd be good. Um, as for Arya, uh, we have ideas of an idea that we've talked with Merrick about to try to like draw her out, but I, I think we need to talk to Merrick a bit more about that just because we don't really have specifics too much. I think that's all we really have at the moment, just an idea of how to deal with Arya, and mm. I, I can say for sure, uh, Amaranth Stone, um, she at least wants, uh, Nyx alive, so, and mm. only Nyx, so... I mean, there's always a chance that she's going to learn more about the Guardians, and that's going to be a problem, but she's not looking into the Guardians. All right. Oh, oh, also, I just had this idea, because, like, it would solve so many problems, especially, like, communication issues, but at this point, you know, Chacha was afraid that she her conflict of interest would, like, not allow her to fully commit to the Guardians at the time, but now she's she sort of made her choice. So it might might be worth asking again. So that way she can know the whole story. Because like also, honestly, at Fortnite All, she was operating a lot in the dark. A lot, a lot in the dark. And still made the right choice. So mm. Ahani looks really unhappy with that thought. But the other two proctors sort of nod as, as, as they're sort of thinking along with your suggestion. But also probably keep her accountable instead of just having her at arm's length as a contractor. Just saying, just wondering, just thinking out loud. Well, it depends if she's willing to agree to that, but it's worth considering asking again. All right, well, we need to do our deliberation, depending on whether or not we come to similar conclusions as what you suggested here. We may need to meet again prior to the auditor's arrival, but for now, you're free to go while we deliberate. All right. Thank you for your time. Ahani is just like, she does, She looks a little defeated, but she's still sort of glaring daggers at you guys as you walk out the door. Yeah, totally fair. Okay, Cha-Cha, you've been taking a nap, and you hear a little whisper in your ear. Cha-Cha, Cha-Cha definitely sounds like Bastion's voice. Cha-Cha will wake up. Bastion is literally, like, crouched down next to your bed, like, at eye level with you, and he's like, Hey, don't scream, don't scream. I'm I'm sorry to sneak up on you like this, but I just didn't want to get thrown again. Oh, no, that's valid. It's not fun being thrown at all. Yeah, I just wanted to check in on you. Um, what's wrong with your hand? Um, I, we assume that Buddy Cop is yanking on the bracelet. Oh, yeah, that sucks. He's really angry. I've been trying to avoid him as much as possible. When he gets into a mood like this, he's just not safe to be around. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. How about you? Are, are you okay? I mean, my, my not 
physical hand is bleeding and I don't know how to make it stop, but it doesn't seem to be like actively hurting me, so I guess I'm okay. There was also a murder here. Oh, I'm yeah, I heard about that. Listen, I, I can't stay long, Chacha. Somebody's going to notice me sooner or later. And he reaches down and he tears a little length of his shirt and wraps it around your damaged skin on your ghost dress. I'll see you soon. Stay safe. I need you to stay safe, Bastion. Or else I have to murder Buddy Cop. <sighs> Careful, Chacha. I don't want to see him kill you either. I mean, we got this. I am building up a long list of people who are going to help me with this murder. <laughs> and then he looks up, kind of startled. And he's like, oh, shit. And he goes running out of the cabin through a wall. And a moment later, and this has been maybe like 10 minutes into their discussion with the proctors, in walks one of the horrors you saw before with like six eyes and four arms. And the resonant voice echoes again. We found her. Come. Um, okay, let me just leave, like, a note. And, like, Chacha will just, like, as they leave the building, like, right on the door, like, Arya found. Okay. So they start leading you off into the woods. And they turn and say to you, we'll go this way around. She's watching the other direction. Okay. Okay. So they start leading you around. There are going to be different stealth rolls depending on how close you get to her. So at least this first approach is only going to be a 15 stealth roll because you've got some distance. And this creature is also leading you in a way that is contrary to the way that Arya is looking. I would assume like that's giving me an asset. Like I'm being led there on the idea of stealth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. We're going to use one level of effort. Okay. So that brings it down to a nine. That's a 14. Okay, cool. You are silently following this figure. And they start leading you, and they turn, and they make a motion with their hand that really doesn't make a lot of sense. But you get the impression that they're trying to suggest for you to be extra careful now. And this will be a 21 stealth roll. I guess we're going to do two levels of effort. Mm -hmm. So that's a 15. I actually take all the snacks out of the dice tray for this one. Um, which one do I like right now? This That 20. Go Sparkles. Okay, cool. Um, you are definitely going to be able to sneak up to the point where you can see Arya. What would you propose as a major effect? Part of me wants to be like, I want like advantage on like disabling her. Mm, okay. Because I feel like it's too much to say, I want to disable her as a major effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would give you two assets on that since it's a nat 20. Good, good. Okay. And you can definitely see her. She is up ahead. She's just sort of sitting on a rock between two shrubs, and she is staring down at the, the settlement that is this safe house. And she is playing with a length of that garrot wire while she watches. And you can tell she's definitely watching one of the guards' rotations out front. So Chacha would like to take a sturdy rock and just bash her in the back of the head. <laughs> okay. So this is going to be uh, a 21 with the two assets from your major effect. So this is going to be a 15. Going to put in two levels of, I guess that's might effort. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that puts it down to a nine. 
Nat 20, bitches. She's going oh, down. <laughs> Fuck you. <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Chacha solos this boss. Smack the soul out of her. Okay. So it does some damage. If you want for a major effect, you could knock her out. That I would yes. allow. Okay. So you knock her out unconscious. Chacha's going to like hog tie her mm-hmm. and drag her back to camp. Okay. So you start doing that. Nix and Dilly. So I was thinking, like, when we, like, trap uh, Arya, I'm thinking, like, we find, like, a nearby pit. We make it think, like, she's got us trapped. But, in fact, it's bait, and we're going to trap her there. What do you think? You know, Dilly, like, I think you're onto something. I was really also thinking of pit myself. I've been sharpening these stakes. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Just, like, kind of classic uh, tiger pit kind of thing. What's a tiger? Um, so it's... Uh, Kind of like one of those legendary things, like this orange kind of dog thing with, like, spots. I don't know. I read about it in a book once when I was a kid. I, I mean, yeah, if the, a classic tiger pit is a pit with spikes at the bottom, then, yeah, we're on the same page, Dilly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, hey, look, a note. <laughs> so I guess we read the note, look at each other, and then turn around and see Cha-Cha coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see Cha-Cha, like, dragging something in and out of the woods. Dragging somebody tied up, you can't quite tell. Well, Dilly, you can see more clearly that she's definitely got a person that she's dragging out of the woods. Holy shit. That can't be a Dilly will run up to Cha-Cha. She's got an unconscious aria with blood matted in her hair. Hog tied. How? Actually, you know what? It probably wouldn't make sense anyway. Holy shit. We we are going to do a whole thing. Yeah, my plan worked well. Is Dilly disappointed? <laughs> a little bit. I think he really thought like, yeah, we're going to get the Nixos on our terms. It's going to be a whole thing. We're going to outsmart them and then fucking cha-cha wild cards our way into victory. Yep, with a rock. Mm-hmm. Cha-cha with a rock in the forest. I see you went with the rock idea, cha-cha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought, you know, keep it simple, stupid, and just sneak up behind her and bop with a rock. I can't believe that works. Dilly just kind of like squats down, like just trying to hold his head together. Like, what? I was originally like going to tie her together with the, like her wire, but I figured I might accidentally cut off her hands and feet, dragging her with that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, sure. yeah, she murdered some people, but that might be extreme before the question. No, I don't think so. Well, like, we have to leave something to threaten her with. If we've already taken her hands and feet, what can you use to get information? Oh, wow. Chacha, I thought you said tie up her hands and feet, not no. take her hands and feet. I thought I was going to use, like, the wire she uses to tie her up, and then I realized it's so thin that it might just go through while I'm pulling. Right. Yeah, no, that was the right call for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're learning. Yeah, um, I guess we should find Merrick now. Why don't you just go back to your conference room and grab everybody else? Well, I, I think they're deliberating, and that'd probably be kind of not in her favor. Let's just, Merrick is probably available. I mean, just like knock and say, hey, emergency, because I feel like this justifies it. It also like puts a point in our favor. Like, look, we while we did bring her here, we did also capture her. Yeah, yeah. Um, bring who here? Says Merrick from right behind him. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Dilly turns around and then just gestures to the hogtied Arya. Merrick looks at Arya and says, holy shit. <laughs> you can do a lot with a rock. Yeah, 
Yeah, apparently. That's um, a good t-shirt. <laughs> wow. Um, was anybody else with her? No, just her in the forest with a wire. And then I came in the forest with a rock. Rock beats wire, you know? Right. <laughs> yes. So this, like, gets us bonus points, right? He's looking down at Arya, and you can see that he's sort of, like, his hand is sort of fiddling with the hilt of his knife. Merrick. He looks at Nyx. He's like, I know. We should find out if she's told anyone else what she saw here. Oh, I was going to say go for the fingers first, because there's, like, ten of them. We're not choosing mayhem right right now, Cha-Cha. Although, we should definitely tie her up with her hands out in the open, because... Oh, Nick's been tying her up ever since she said we should tie her up or thought, uh, agreed that, <laughs> <laughs> accidentally agreed that her hands should be cutting off. Cut Wait, off. we're tying her better than hog tied? <laughs> I mean, Nix, I learned this really good one where if you, it's like hog tying, but if they like move too much, they choke themselves. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we want her to uh, stay alive and who knows what she's going to do, Chacha, to avoid talking. He seems motivated by vengeance and wouldn't. Oh, well, I'm not going to like assume anything about what she does in her free time, honestly. Probably just kill people. I mean, she might be like into that, but like, like I said, whatever. She starts groaning a little bit on the ground. Oh, shit. Uh, does this place have attention, Merrick? There's nothing subterranean here, but we can lock her up in one of the cabins, maybe. I mean, she's hogtied, but we could tie her something else in there, too. I We should... Restrain her movement as much as possible, I think. All right. All right. Um, here, let me help. And he lifts her body with, like, almost no effort. Nix looks at him side-eyed at that. <laughs> and he heads over to one of the other cabins, and he goes inside, and there's, like, a central pole here. And he starts looping additional rope through the bindings that Cha-Cha already had her in to secure her to this post. I will say I did promise some horrors vengeance. So if she starts getting marks on her, don't worry. All right. That's good to know. And he sort of looks at you and his lip kind of quirks up on the right hand side. And he says, be a shame if that happened. And he kicks out with his foot, hitting her right in the cheekbone and says, it would be really unwise to leave somebody as dangerous as this just tied up with nobody watching them. Um, no. And one of you watch for now. We'll take turns. Yeah, I was already prepared to stay up all night, so. Really thinking that maybe we should have, like, two people on watch, both for our own protection and for the prisoners' protection. Yeah, agreed. All right. Chacha, Dilly, would you be willing to do that for now? Yeah. He turns to Nick, says, Caller would like a word with you. All right, yeah. No, I, I would love a word with uh, with her. I guess if they're walking away, Chacha's going to be like, yep, this is the one who her apprentice to all the gathered horrors. Yeah, they're all staring. Several of them are trying to, like, claw at her, but their hands keep just passing straight through her. And uh, Nyx, Merrick leads you to that other cabin and opens the door, and you can see Mama Jay lying in this cot. She's got a towel across her forehead, clearly a damp one. And she's looking rather frail. And she has this like line of strange, like red, irritated pockmarks, like from like multiple teeth that may have slammed into the right side of her face. So Nix immediately just like walks forward and kneels beside the side of 
the bed and in like a quiet voice, she just says, Mama Jay, I am so sorry. She opens her eyes and looks at you. Caught me off guard is all. I, I didn't know that, that the travelers could control the lampreys. She smiles. She's like, neither did we. And uh, I wanted to come back. Uh, you know about the dream? Like, Merrick, has Merrick kept you caught up on the uh, backstory? A little bit. I think others saw as well just how I was recovered. Fire isn't always consistent with who it calls when it sees something. Wait, what? The fire reached out to That's why I saw it? Yes, Nix. Oh. You took the oath. The fire kissed you. You're open to be called when the fire needs you. So is Dilly, but that doesn't mean it will always call each of you. Wow. Well, I do appreciate you clearing that up, Mama Jay, because I was like, wow, this this whole traveler experiment thing is getting intense. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was more to it or not. I, But I'm sure the fire had more to do with it than anything. I mean, you saw them burst through my door. You saw everything from my perspective, right? No, definitely seemed like it was from the uh, point of view of the lampreys. That's concerning. So there was a link between you and this lamprey. It might have been my aunt, yeah. Okay, well, enough about that for now. Okay. She reaches out a hand and puts it on yours. And she always like looked elderly, but there was always this sort of hidden strength to her. But she definitely seems just weak right now. And she says, how did your talk with the proctors go? I don't like think it went bad. Uh, Hani obviously doesn't like us. Hard to blame her, honestly. Corax uh, feels caught in the middle, I think. And the other the other one, um, the other being... Eltheus. Eltheus. Yeah, Eltheus, uh, they definitely seem like they're on our side or more open to hearing us out. So uh, they're still deliberating, but I think it went... Uh, pr- I mean, we were just like as honest as possible, really. All right. I heard about Vlad. Yeah, another thing that we're sorry for. Well, that's a problem you really will have to solve. I'm afraid I may be facing some early retirement. Because of uh, what we did or what we've done? My wounds. The recovery's slow and not going as smoothly as I hoped. I am sorry for that, Mama Jay. I really am. She leans back a little bit more into her pillow and says, Ahani's a handful, but at her core, she's a good guardian. She'll come around to what she has to do. Do you have any advice? Stay cooperative. And when the auditor comes, if they ask questions, only answer the questions they ask. Nothing more. Got it. Yeah, I can do that. Anything I can do for you? I don't think so, Nix. She lightly sort of squeezes your hand and says, I know you're changing and you've been going through some changes. All of you have. And I know it's not been easy, but I want you to know that I have never once doubted you. Nix gets very misty-eyed at that. Thank you for that. It's not easy facing all these things, Nix. But there's a reason I called you and a reason you heeded that call. And I think, given time, you'll fully understand that. But I need to rest. I understand. Send Dilly my love. I will. And give Cha-Cha a hug. It's easy to forget it, but she needs them. I definitely will. She needs contact. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little dangerous. Nix will give Mama Jay's hand an extra little squeeze and stand up. Okay, so as Nix is standing up to leave, you guys notice Arya waking up where you are, and she looks up at Dilly and Cha-Cha. 
quick thing. I, okay. Dilly would have put a bubble around at least just Arya's head after uh, Nixon Merrick left. Okay. So she looks up. She can't see anything. So she's stirring. Okay. You can hear her saying, what the fuck? Dilly at least like kind of waves over to Chacha and points it out. But I don't, Dilly's not going to actually say anything. She moves around and her, she notices that she can't see anything. And she mutters to herself something that you remember Deuces saying once. Likes to play tricks with the light. Is that you, Dilly? If you think you're safe right now, you're wrong. And if you don't let me out of this, I will find every person you have ever cared about. And I will make them beg for death before I'm done. And then I'll find you. Did Judge just, like, put her ghost hand in her, like, stomach? <laughs> Dilly's going to kind of put his hand up, like, hold on, hold on. Uh, and Dilly's going to try to get Arya to say more by just kind of calling her out, like, we have you tied up and under control. There's nothing you can do. There's, you pose no danger here. What could you do? Okay, give me a social roll. So the fact that she is pretty much tied up, can't see, and is helpless is going to give you two assets on this. Yes. So it's a 15. Holy shit. Oh, uh, man. Um, can Chacha help? Sure, how would Chacha like to help? Because she can't see you right now. Putting her ghost hand in her tum-tum? Giving her the heebie-jeebies? You can put your hand in her tum-tum. That might have uh, unexpected effects, but you can. <clears throat> Depends on how calm Chacha can stay. Chacha tries to think, like, meditative thoughts. Okay, so we're finding out if you can do this asset for Dilly, so give me a... 15 intellect roll to try to keep yourself calm while you do this. I got a 15. Okay, so you do keep yourself calm, and she does feel like, she seems to react like almost like a little, like, pins and needles in her stomach. She's like, fuck. So, Dilly, you now have an additional asset on Okay. This. So that brings it down to a 12. I got two free levels of effort. It's gonna bring it down to a 9-6. Six. six. Yeah, that should be fine. 18. Okay. For now... And you definitely get the feeling like that's a grudging for mm -hmm. now. Like she knows she's in that trouble, but she's trying not to show it. Okay. And I don't know where Nix is heading. Is she heading back to where they are? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. So when you walk in, you see Arya with this bubble around her head tied to the post and Dilly kind of standing there, cha-cha with her hand, like in Arya's stomach. <laughs> and that's what you walk in on at the door. <laughs> Dilly just turns to Nix coming in and just like thumbs up. With my role, I guess I'm trying to see, like, does she actually have anything, like, or is she just posturing? You get the feeling she's posturing right now. Don't get me wrong. She is operating under the assumption that at some point she's going to get free from this. Mm -hmm. And everything that she's threatening is something she will absolutely 100% do. Right, yeah. But you don't get the feeling that she's figured out how to get out of the immediate threat. She's just operating under the assumption that she's going to at some point. Gotcha. Okay. Do you know who you killed earlier today? Do you even remember, or does it all just kind of blur together for you? Some freak. Wow. Did they mean something to you? I hope they did. They were a mentor and a friend, one of the few people that cared about us. She cared about a lot of people, I think. Yeah. People is a strong word. I, I'm using it in the general sense. Is Nyx with you? Nyx, like, fades back out the doorway to go get married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, she'll hear everything you have to say if you've got something to say. Doesn't seem like you got much to say, though, so, all right. I mean, we could just, like, do what I was suggesting and, like, slowly torture her, but no, we want to be all ethical. I think we want everyone to get a word in with her. 
Oh, I thought you were like, you wanted everyone else to do it. And like, I was going to say, I thought we learned to like, it's okay to get our own hands dirty. Even the rods, Alex. Odd, because this is an odd thing we're trying to do. <laughs> okay, so Dilly, or Samson rather, your real person, um, roll die and tell me if you get even rod. I got a lot. Oh. Okay. Arya turns in the direction of Chacha's voice and attempts to spit some of her own blood in that direction, but it misses Chacha and just sort of lands on the floor next to her. That was bad. Aim better. I guess Chacha's just being like, get good scrub. <laughs> Nix, you are catching up to Merrick and he's turning around to meet your eyes and you see the door to the proctor's cabin open up and Corex walks out and starts walking in you and Merrick's direction. And you kind of both pause for a moment and Corex comes over and says, is there a problem? More like Nick's like glance at Merrick and then glance back at Corex be like, uh, the prisoner is awake. Pr- prisoner? What What prisoner? We captured Arya. And by we, I mean Chacha captured Arya um, earlier today and she is awake. Oh, well, that's good news, at least. Corex turns to Nix and says, we've come to a determination. Right now, the proctors will recommend a similar course of action as to what you and Dilly proposed. Nix just stares, waiting for... <laughs> well, what, what did you decide? We have decided to allow you all to attempt to determine how to effectively harness Astra as a resource as opposed to a threat is approved. Your continued use of Chacha as a contractor is approved. Chacha may be offered guardianship once again, though if she refuses again, that should be the last time that she's asked. And we agree with your assessment as that this creature that's been unleashed, this buddy cop, must be addressed as soon as possible. And we can start organizing resources around those items. Good. I mean, yeah, that's good. I believe you were looking for my help earlier. Oh, yeah. But uh, I just want to make sure that like, so Arya is awake and like playing fuck fuck games. What'd you say? What, what kind of fuck games? Fuck games. Oh, okay, good. I thought that's what you said. So Corex looks at Merrick and Merrick just says, on it. And he starts hurrying over towards where Dilly and Chacha are currently interrogating the prisoner. And then uh, <laughs> Nyx reaches into her shirt and pulls out Hubert the second. Corex looks at them and Hubert the second kind of like jitters. That's really cute. I'm going to scan it. Okay. Yeah. So Corex, you can see sort of opens their eyes a little wider and you feel like this. It's not a visible glow, but you get a sense of a glow coming off of them. And as they are scanning, Hubert the second starts shivering in your hands. And then their mouth parts in half showing these rows of teeth and it leaps at Corix's face and that's where we'll end this episode <laughs> oh no oh man <laughs> so Stace something about this episode gotta be Cha-Cha proving exactly why she is a part of this crew and a valuable member of the team by knocking out yeah. I also like the dedication to the rock bit Alex on your part. So yeah, I thought that was a good moment. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, an XP to check out something that we think you would really dig. 
This week, it is Stace's turn. Stace, what would you offer our listeners an XP to check out? I offer our listeners an XP to check out She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. It is a phenomenal fantasy retelling of the rise to power of the Ming Dynasty's founding emperor. So it's in like the 14th century China. Mm. I'm not familiar with the actual rise of the first Ming Dynasty emperor. So to me, it's like very twisty. And this is the first of a two book series, but it stands alone, just FYI. So like mm-hmm. it, it completes like an arc. Oh, nice. But the second book's not out yet. Yeah. But uh, I Googled like some pronunciations afterwards and I saw some things while doing that, that referenced back to events in the books that I had read. So it seems to at least like somewhat follow the history, although no spoilers. So I'm not reading the history. I'm not catching up uh, until after I read book two. But The main character is a young girl whose name we never know, or she starts as a young girl, and she has a brother and a father, and they are peasants during this famine that was going on at the time, and the book opens with them just, like, slowly starving to death, and it really doesn't hold back from illustrating, like, what starvation looks like, and despite this, when her brother turned 12... Her father took her brother to the local fortune teller because he believed that her brother was destined for some sort of greatness because he was born, I think, sickly and then was taken to like the local abbey for a blessing and and survived or, or something along those lines. And this is all fairly early in the book, so I don't consider it spoilers. So he is given a fortune of greatness. And at the end, she asks, well, what is my fortune? And the fortune teller looks at her and says nothing. Well, To make a long story short, shortly after this, her father and her brother die, and instead of continuing as herself, she assumes the identity of her brother and goes to the abbey where he was blessed Mm -hmm. to petition to join the abbey and does. And so initially I was like, oh, this must be a Mulan retelling, but it's, it's not. It just feels that way because you have, you know, obviously this uh, female person disguising herself as a male monk, but Eventually, you know, there's a lot of war going on. The Mongolians are actually ruling China right now, but there are endless rebellions. And she just like rather ruthlessly works her way into power. But the whole time, I think what I think is interesting is she's struggling with assuming her brother's identity. And if heaven is looking down and she is stealing her brother's fate, then she can't do anything that her brother wouldn't do. And then, you know, that's sort of the initial internal conflict, and it evolves into, you know, what does it really mean to be female versus male? What does it really mean to inhabit your body? And then on the other side, the sort of second protagonist Mm. is a eunuch who is a native Nanrin, but is a general in the Mongolian army for the, like, the local prince. And he struggles with, you know, having an unwhole body, and what does that really mean for his manhood? And Mm. I feel like the development of that is such a key part of the book that I don't really want to share the conclusions that are arrived at and the growth that you see there. But I think it asks some really interesting questions. And the fact that it's historical and removed from labels, right? I think, you know, modern labels, we all have a general understanding of what they mean. And so you can categorize people sort of based on that, right? Trans mass, trans femme, things like that, non-binary, you know, all those terms. And identities, which are are good that we have words for them, but seeing it through the lens of not having words for them and then being based on people's feelings about themselves and their bodies, I thought was just super interesting. I feel like I learned quite a lot and it made me consider quite a lot that I hadn't before. So that's another aspect of it that I highly recommend. And 
it is a fantasy novel, I would say, because uh, it seems like, you know, the general religion and mythology of the time is presented as real. Okay. You know, like there's a big thing that they talk about in the books called the Mandate of Heaven. And it's essentially, you know, being able to produce fire. And the Mongolian Emperor can do that. And, you know, there's another character that can do that, the Prince of Radiance. And so that means they have the mandate from heaven to rule. And, like, they actually do that, right? Like, they actually produce the fire and things like that. So, and people believe it, of course. So, it's really cool. I strongly recommend it. It's one of the best books that I have read in a long time. um, And I cannot wait for book two. So, I would give our listeners an XP to check out She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. Very cool. Very cool. And, Samson, if Mm -hmm. people wanted to reach out to us and tell us what they think about She Who Became the Sun or the podcast, how would they do that? Obviously, they would go to our socials. You can find them all at explorerswanted.fm. But I'll tell you the highlights, at least. On Twitter, we are at Explorers Wanted. Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. Or you can come to our Discord, where we have a channel all about books. You can find that at explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. We also have other channels and just a great little community there. So come hang out. Also, if you would like to financially support us and it is within your means, patreon.com slash explorerswanted. Give us money there and you can get some cool stuff there. Also, you could use our diehard dice code uh, explorerswanted at checkout and get 10% off your order for some dope ass dice. Yeah. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. The best thing you could do for us is to tell your friends, tell them why you like the show and why they should listen to it. Second best thing is to leave us a five star rating and a review on a podcast directory. Helps so much. If you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was meh, well, it's the oldest game. The hunters stalk the night, their crooked teeth gnashing with anticipation. Their lulling tongues taste the air with a quiver as their long shadows leave a slimy residue wherever they fall. And their hands, their terrible hands, each with one finger twice the length of the rest, reach out to slowly tap the wood before them, looking for a way in. They've been doing this for centuries now. And they'll do it for centuries more. And I'm sorry, but they're already at your door. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Twitter at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Windu. Happy 100. I'm at Slant Data. I really think we should have bought t-shirts together. Just a little I'm with stupid moment. We still can. I mean, we could, or like, I feel like, I missed the opportunity to say we should have bought our own merch t-shirts together. <laughs> anyway, I'm Tea with the Unicorn on Twitch and Real Tea Unicorn on Twitter. All right, that's it for us. Hope you all enjoyed the show. We will be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye.